I'm going to read you a portion of scripture from uh, Luke chapter 2. This is the continuation of some of the things that have happened in Bethlehem. And I'm going to be reading from verse 32, uh, 22. I can do that. Is that better? Okay. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of young turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. Now, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, the Lord's anointed. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. According to your word, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. And the child's uh, father and mother were amazed at what had been said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband 70, oh, sorry, seven years after her marriage. Then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple by worship, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. A very interesting portion of scripture. Why it had to be recorded. Jesus is a silent play, uh, player in this scene. He doesn't do much. He's being carried They bless him. Simeon lifts him up and says, My eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. It's interesting because that word in Hebrew that he uses is Yeshua, the salvation of the Lord. 
which is his name. I don't know if they told him his name, but in the Greek, it says, my eyes have seen the glory of the Lord, or the salvation of the Lord. If you read the Hebrew New Testament, or the New Testament in Hebrew, it says, my eyes have seen the Hebrew word for salvation of God is Yeshua. But what was he holding? What did they bring him in? What did they wrap him in? When he was born, he was wrapped in linen, swaddling cloths. Right? Bundled up like a little baby that would be wrapped up normally at that time. Today we have sleepers, we have all these jumpers, we have all these different colors. But back in the day, it was just basically strips of linen. And they, I don't know if they still did that back then, but most recently when our kids were born, we were told that they have to have their hands tied beside them so that they don't stick their hands in their eyes and their mouth and whatever. So I suspect that it was the same and keep their feet and legs straight. So it was basically the same way that he was wrapped in linen when he was buried. What he looked like when the kings, or the magi, not kings, sorry, when the magi came to visit him was exactly what he looked like in the grave. Mummified, not mummified, but wrapped like a mummy. That's how they used to wrap the babies. I mean, every nativity scene that I have seen, or, or a creche, or nativity set, has little baby Jesus, except for a few. He's just in diapers and topless and with nothing covering his legs. But most of them that I've seen, he's all bundled up, like a little... Cabbage roll, right? All straightened. Isn't that interesting? Now, I know that all of us are born the same way we die. All of us come in with nothing, naked, and then they wrap us. All of us leave, but because we want to dignify the body, we wrap it up and put nice clothes on it. But in his case, it was basically the same at the beginning and at the end. And what he did at the end, what Simeon was holding, what Anna saw, was the picture of the salvation that years later, 33 years later, would be sealed in his death and in his burial and his resurrection. When Peter came and entered the grave, when he entered that stone that had moved and he went inside, when Peter and John came in, they saw those linen cloths that were his wrappings nicely and neatly folded and sitting there. He had shed everything that was the process of human life and death and he took on a different nature. He didn't come in naked into the upper room when he was resurrected. He came in wearing something. 
Could it be that what he was wearing were the robes that he would normally wear before his death, but they were now able to go through walls? We don't know. There's a lot of questions that I have about this whole scene of him appearing to the disciples the first day. Because they were afraid and the doors were locked. But Jesus appeared. And Simeon says, I have seen the salvation of the Lord. What did he see? He didn't see what the rest of Israel was looking for. He didn't see what the rest of Israel was expecting. We heard about it. They, he, didn't, he came in a hush. The kids played it beautifully. He came with exactly the opposite of what every Jewish person was expecting. Someone who was going to set them free from the bondage of the Roman Empire and the captivity that they were under. He came looking totally different. Humble, a baby in the manger, a, ma a manger that had been slobbered on by other animals that they were eating out of. Not the cleanest environment, nowhere that you would want your baby to be born. But he comes in. And he comes into that very place of dirt. That should be comforting to us. They said it in the play. He comes into that very place of dirt in your life. You will never sanitize your heart to the place that it is a perfectly sanitized birthing room that you can receive him. You don't have the ability to do that. I don't have the ability to do that. But he comes into the manger, to the dirty place, to the messy place, the smelly place, the place where animals do everything, from give birth, to eat, to do everything. He comes into that place. And he's born there. His life took on different pictures throughout. It wasn't always sanitized. He dies, he dies one of the most gruesome deaths. He didn't die peacefully with his family surrounding him singing hymns. He died on the cross, beaten, whipped, nothing sanitized. One of the most gruesome deaths that you could imagine inflicted upon human onto human. Why? Because our circumstances are dirty. Our circumstances are messy. What he did, the death that he took, demonstrates to us the way God feels about our sinfulness. That's what it deserves. That's the kind of death that our sinfulness deserves. But instead of us going through that, he stepped in. The perfectly pure, the creator of all things, the holy, the unblemished, the untarnished, the unsinful, he came in in the dirty mess of our lives, in the manger, and he died, he exited, in the worst way that our judgment demonstrates what we deserve. But then he shows us something else. Something that no human had ever experienced before. 
He didn't just come as a God to save us. He came as a human. God in human form. Lived on the earth. Ate, slept, bled, got hungry, had tears. All of our human experiences he experienced. From the suffering of the first wah of a baby to the last breath of a dying person. He experienced it all. But he wanted to demonstrate something even bigger. He wanted to demonstrate that the impossible has now become possible for us. What was impossible with mankind has now been made possible by God for mankind. He was raised from the dead. And because he was raised from the dead, he didn't die. Some would tell you that he died. God died. God is eternal. God is life. Death cannot touch that. When death came into contact with that, death was raised. So the scripture says that the spirit who dwelt in him raised him up from the dead. So now we have the same opportunity we have the same invitation by receiving him the spirit was upon Simeon he doesn't want to just upon us he wants to be in us he wants to be in us in the same way that he was in Jesus and that spirit that comes in and dwells in you and in me and in all of us will definitely raise us up from the grave we had a number of deaths this year Sammy's not here today. He just had surgery. We're praying for you, Sammy. I'm glad you're able to be online and we miss you. Uh, but his dad passed away in, in September. Sela Yazijan, Greg's mom, passed away a couple of weeks ago. But we don't mourn them without hope. The kid said, you know, to Mara was sharing last week, yeah, but Geddo's alive. He's with God now. Yes. She's alive. She's more alive today than ever because the spirit that was within their hearts will raise their mortal bodies one day, but their souls are now in the presence of God. So we comfort ourselves. We comfort one another with that. But that's for those who have passed. What about us here? You know Wanda. Some of you remember Wanda Foss. She spoke at our family retreat in 2019 she was here sometime in this year and she shared about kindness Wanda's been going through a journey with cancer really hard journey right now and she's fighting hard physically she's under a lot of duress she's going to join us one day soon and, and share her story on on zoom hopefully we'll have it better at that point but she just wrote something really interesting in the last couple of days. That the Spirit of God who dwells in us is so much bigger than us. Can you imagine that? You can't imagine that your heart is bigger than your body. Can you? It's impossible. It would explode. Your body couldn't contain it. But the Spirit of God who dwells in us is so much bigger than our bodies. He is so much bigger than our problem.
He is so much bigger than our pain. He's so much bigger than the conflicts that we endure, than the divorce that we've had, than the business that we've lost, than the family member that we've lost. He's so much bigger than all of that, and he wants to burst out. He doesn't want to stay in. He wants to explode out to bring healing to every part of your soul, to bring healing to every part of your body, to bring healing to all those around you and those that touch you and those that... That's why when Jesus came to that little boy that was dead in the coffin and when he came and touched him, the spirit that was in him raised that boy up and handed it back to his mother. That's why when he went to the tomb and Lazarus was dead, he stood at that tomb and the spirit that was within him spoke up and said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus came out. Now, how did Lazarus come out? With the linen. And he said to the people, take those dead clothes, death cloths off of him and set him free. You were born in death cloths. They were, we call them swaddling cloths because it's a baby's. But they're no different than the ones they wrap people up in the grave. They look different. They're cuter. They've got little bears on them or little elephants or all these nice things. But in reality, it's nothing more than a fig leaf that covers our nakedness. It's nothing more. All these nice clothes that we all wear. If we didn't have sin, now don't let your mind wander into bad areas, we wouldn't need them. Adam and Eve didn't need clothes because there was a glory that covered them. What animals do you know that have an industry for fashion other than us humans? None of the animals do. Not the fish, not the animals, not the monkeys, not the elephants, nobody. Yeah, I know poodles, we dress them up cute and that because we're human. But there's a different glory. So when he was raised from the dead, I don't know what he was covered in. But those clothes never wear out. Those clothes never get holes. That body never knows pain. That body never knows tears. That body doesn't know sorrow. And it's not only for them. He wants the spirit that's in us now to be in our eyes to understand it, to reckon it, to do the math and reconcile it as being so big that it oozes out into every area of our life, every area we touch, every place we go. When we go into a situation at work and it's stressful, remember that Holy Spirit in you is so much bigger than you and he will just fill and change the atmosphere. You go home, you're hungry and you're angry and you're beginning to fight, remember the Holy Spirit that's in you is so much bigger than your hunger. He is so much bigger than your anger. He will just wants to be released. Make room for Him. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, I invite you today. Scripture says that He has given us His Spirit and he has adopted us as children. That's how we become children. We become children of God in this new life by receiving him, 
receiving His Holy Spirit. And as He comes and dwells into our hearts, we become a new creation. We become adopted children of God, heirs of all His goodness. If you haven't done that yet, I urge you today, online, in person, I urge you today, pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer of invitation to recognize, to confess to him that, yeah, I know. I'm guilty of sin. I recognize that. And I can't save myself, but I need your salvation. My eyes need to behold your salvation today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for the gift that you have given us that we are reminded weekly, daily, this gift of grace through your Son. We ask today, Lord, if any of us have drifted away, if any of us have never come to you in the first place, we ask today, Holy Spirit, visit us on this road to Bethlehem, to where he is born. We invite him to be born into our mess. We invite you, Jesus, to come into our lives' mess right now. It's dirty. It smells. It's not going to get anywhere. As successful as we are, we know it's going to end at the grave. But we want to receive more. We want to receive the gift that you are. So, Lord, as you scan across this room, as you scan those that are watching online, as we come to you and we say, yes, Lord. Forgive us for our sin because of the blood of Jesus. Allow our eyes to see what Simeon saw when he said, I, my eyes have beheld the salvation of God. Allow us to enter into that rest and grant us your Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead to dwell in us, we have many who have done that ahead of us who are now in your presence because of that. And they witness to us of the glory that you can grant. So Lord, come fill us afresh with your spirit. Don't want this year to end with us, without us not coming into that. Doesn't matter what age you are, how old, how young, doesn't matter how many attempts you've had at making your life better. Today, the Lord wants to touch you. He wants to visit you. So say amen to the prayer I just prayed with you. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for 2023. You have been faithful to bring us to this day. We who are alive await your return. Jesus. We who are alive know that the ones that have been already caught up at the blowing of the shofar, the trumpet, they will be resurrected and we will be caught up with them to see you face to face. Until then, Lord, keep us, seal us in your spirit. May your grace now fall upon each one of us. God bless you today. As you wrap this year up, the Lord is handing you a new gift. 
It's in a brand new package, gift wrapped. We don't know what it's going to look like yet. We don't know what 2024 is going to look like. We don't know what it's going to bring. But I guarantee you, with him, every day will be filled with his goodness. So I bless you with an eye that's open to see the salvation of the Lord every moment of every day into this new year. Have a wonderful, wonderful new year. May 2024 be your best year yet and our best year yet as a congregation. May the peace of God go with you, and may you always be light and salt in every situation.